Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. a pretty surreal moment uh you know puck kind of was going to the net and i was just kind of you know coming down the middle and it popped out and i took a backhander and the guys put their arms in there i honestly couldn't even really see it go in and uh you know pretty surreal moment obviously a dream about that as a kid and uh you know it's pretty cool Always succinct, Ryan McLeod talking there after his first career NHL goal. He was right, a bit of lucky, a bit of lucky bounce there, but he was in the right spot and he made no mistake about that backhander eight seconds after Ryan Nugent Hopkins got his first of the year and that propelled the Oilers to victory last night. Now, McLeod's coach in the American Hockey League joins us every Monday. That is Jay Woodcroft from the Bakersfield Condors. Jay, you're on with Brendan. How's it going today? I'm doing good, Brendan. Thank you for having me on today. Always a pleasure. Uh, I got to ask, when you see uh, a player, you know, up with a big team, I, I know you've seen the goal by now. I imagine you didn't get to watch the game start to finish, but how happy are you to see Ryan McLeod get his first? Very happy, very happy. Uh, a very coachable young man, a guy who comes to the rink every day with the mindset of being the best that he can be. Um, he has come a long way over the last uh, last three years or so, and um, that's something that he's, he's been working on. That goal was a perfect example of what he's been working on, which is uh, going to the net, getting his nose over it, getting his nose dirty in order to score a goal. Um, and I'm sure he's going to remember that one for a long time. Is a is a big goal for the team too. Help the team win. So uh, very happy and excited for him. And in your coaching experience, maybe it's a stretch to say that one goal can really kickstart a player's true confidence. But you know, how far may that go for McLeod, especially given that he's got this opportunity right now with Shore on the sidelines to really seize more playing time. Well, I think uh, he's going to certainly feel confident. And I've watched the last couple games, and uh, he seems to be around the puck more at that level and is uh, finding his way. And so I think any time you start seeing um, the fruits of your labor, so to speak, pay off, um, I think it leads to feeling good about your own game. And 
down here in Bakersfield, we like to say that you earn the right to feel confident. It's not something you start out with. It's something that you earn with a whole lot of hard work. And uh, I can attest to the amount of work that Ryan's put in. So I'm happy to see him get the result at that level. And as I understand it, he's got some excellent role models in that department at the NHL level as well. But let's let's focus on your team. Over the weekend, Jay, up to 6-4-2 and two on the season, third in the Pacific Division. That after beating San Diego 2-1 on Friday and then 4-2 in a comeback fashion yesterday. What did you like about your team's performance this weekend? Well, I thought it was a good week, even going back to the midweek game against uh, against Stockton. I thought um, we're starting to see the team really come together and play hard. Uh, a lot of the the work that has been put in over the first six weeks or so is, is we're starting to see uh, some of uh, those um, those habits that we've been working on show up in, in games and our execution has been excellent and if you were to look at our team from just a underlying metric type of fashion and that's not how the only way we look at it but we certainly do study that side of the game uh there's been a lot of real good signs in our in our game and we felt that it's it's been coming for a while and uh, we really put it together last week we had a a, a very exciting hockey game at home on the, on uh, the wednesday night against stockton uh we lost in overtime but it was a it was a winnable game for us and and uh our guys really worked for each other and then we had a home and home with San Diego, and um, both of those games were hardworking games. Um, I thought we we dominated large parts of both games. We struggled to find uh, you know the separation type goals where you know on the Friday night we're up one nothing and we're out shooting the team sixteen five in the first period, and we struggled to find that second goal to kind of put it out of reach for the other team, and uh, you know they hung around and it's. Crazy to them and we had to win that game in overtime had a long bus trip home uh after the game they bust in as well and uh we had another competitive one on on the saturday and both of those games like i said they're character builders and it's just nice to see um our team get the result after all that hard work so i'm happy for our group and when you look at now 12 games into the season, maybe even in particular after, you know, a gutty couple of wins like that, what are you learning about the identity as this group as things continue gelling together? Well, I think we try and do some things and we call them our first principles here but we try and play with pace and purpose and speed and simplicity for sure we want to be connected to one another and we want to do things with a hammer and not a paintbrush and that's that's how we look at it and those are the principles that we play towards i think they are indicative of the town um we we represent in the town of bakersfield which i think has a lot of similarities to to, um, the city of Edmonton um, and we're trying to re- represent our organization in the same fashion and um, I see that I see a blue collar mentality um, uh, you know an appreciation amongst teammates uh, for doing the little things required to win and, and you know uh, 
even the games we haven't won this year, it's hard to fault the effort and the try. It sometimes comes down to execution. But I would say that I think our our team, uh, you know, isn't over enamored with complexity. We we play the game fast. We play it simple, uh, but we play it hard, and uh, we try and in, embrace that kind of blue collar uh, work ethic. And again, so far third in the Pacific Division with that mindset. Jay Woodcroft is the head coach of the Bakersfield Condors. Philip Roberg, Jay, up to nine assists in 11 games played. He had two assists in the 2-1 win. Uh, Does he look like he's starting to really round a corner here for you, maybe take a step in development? Yeah, I think I've been quite happy with Philip the entire year. I think uh, he's right where he needs to be in that um, he's commanding big minutes. He's playing in every situation. He has earned every single one of those minutes, and uh, I think that's important to understand it's not just being handed to him. He's earning earning everything he gets here. And uh, he's been a big factor on our power play, which has scored in every single game of the season. Uh, he's been a big factor on our big factor on our penalty kill and uh, he goes against the uh, the best players on the other team at five on five. And so you know he's he's finding a way to get better um, and come to the rink uh you know, with that mindset to get better every day. And and we're seeing um, good progress from him. He's a young player, so does he have his uh, gaffes every once in a while? Yeah, there there are some. Uh, but this is the spot to make them. And, and um, like I said, he's a big part of what we have going on on our decor. And when you're sitting there and evaluating his game alongside Dave Manson, I would imagine, what are some of the assets that, you know, like really stand out to you about Brober's game, like a calling card, you know, something that's that really seems to, you know, represent the way that, that he plays? Well, when you watch Philip, I think it's obvious that his number one asset are his legs. Uh, he has an ability to escape four checkers on his own. Um, he can transport the puck uh, on breakouts uh, by himself. He, he has that ability to, to come through the neutral zone. What we're working on uh, with Philip is just the things on the defensive side of uh, the game, uh, awareness in D zone, um, a, you know, a value being put on uh, details like boxing out, uh, like sprinting back to pucks quickly and using your time with it rather than using your time getting to it, small things like that. Um, but we're seeing progress. And uh, what I really like about him is his comp- uh, competition level when the game is really on the line and you know we've played 12 odd games on the year and each one of them has been a close game uh, and when the game's really on the line I think that's when you see players either elevate or shrivel and when I see Philip Broberg I see a guy who wants to be on the ice and in crucial moments and so that's a great sign he has good instincts but his number one call uh, calling card would be those legs i'm curious in in your time you know coaching in the american league anyway when you've got a defenseman coming over used to that bigger ice surface versus somebody who's graduated uh, graduated out of the college ranks for example do you see you know some similarities in how the adaption to the the NHL or the American Hockey League game goes i'm i'm wondering you know when you see somebody like Broberg come over how different his learning curve is than somebody like say Michael Kesselring for example or Philip Camp 
Yeah, I think uh, there's something to be said for that. And just the adapt uh, adaptation to the dimensions of the ice surface, how much faster it um, the game is played over here compared to the Swedish Elite League, um, how much more physical it is because of those dimensions. And that's not a slight on on uh, the way the game's played in Sweden. It's I've been there uh, and been around the elite league and seen how good of a league that is, but it's just different over here. And I think you have to experience that. It's You can talk about it till you're blue in the face, but you need to experience that. And what we want to see is growth. So we're not seeing some of the small errors that happened in September or October now because he has that experience. He knows how good the league is, how fast the league is and how physical the league is um, but that's all part of that experiential learning and I, I, I think um, I've seen that before with European players getting used to how things work over here. The one guy who might have been the exception to the rule and who I actually think is is uh, might be better equipped to play on, on the smaller ice surface is Marcus Niemelainen. Uh, he's somebody who thrives uh, in those tighter quarters because he's so physical and he brings that dimension of physicality. And he had had a little bit of time in, in the Ontario Hockey League to prepare him. But, uh, you know, he's someone who, who seems to thrive in the, in the small ice. And a big body as well as the ability to negotiate that ice surface as well. It sort of, I'm sure, enables that physical game that he's he's fallen into. Jay, on the goaltending front, uh, I it, well, we're not sure how soon you'll be getting Stuart Skinner back. No update on Mike Smith since he's been back with the team here. But obviously, Konovalov and Rodrigue doing just fine splitting these duties. I'll get you to comment on each of them. I know they each got a start over the weekend. Yes, they did. They both got a start. And for me, um, both of those young goaltenders have had some very good moments on the year, and they've had moments where they know they can be... uh, they can be better. They can improve in certain areas. Uh, we're a team that doesn't give up a lot. Uh, when I say that, I'm talking about um, even just time in zone or chances against or high danger chances against. We don't give up a lot, but there are times that we do break down, and that's when we need the timely saved or timely goaltending or freezes uh, to prevent the play uh, from continuing to build in our end, that type of thing. And those guys are are learning those skills. They put in a lot of hard work with our goaltending coach, Sylvain Rodrigue, and they both had good results on the weekend. Ilya went into a tough building and uh, found a way for us to win a game um, despite us controlling the bulk of the play and not giving up a lot. Um, You know, sometimes that's tough for a goaltender when you see the the pucks in the other end for uh, most of the game that and then there's a high quality chance coming back at you that that's a that's a learned skill and Ilya had a very good game on the Friday night in San Diego we got in really late and we wanted to use uh, both goalies on the weekend and Ollie Rodriguez came in and gave us a very good game as well and uh, both of them gave us uh, the chance to win those games and and our players found a way uh, to get enough runs support in both games that we came out on top.
Always appreciate the update from Bakersfield Condors head coach Jay Woodcroft. Uh, three games on the docket this week for you, Jay. One of them midweek in San Jose. And then uh, I'm looking at the weather situation in Abbotsford right now. I don't know if you've got eyes on this, but the city is evacuating people as there's heavy flooding in the area. So I'm hoping that you're still good to go at the Abbotsford Center on, on Friday night, but I'm sure you're not looking past San Jose either. Uh, I wish you best of luck the whole way and we'll connect next week, okay? Thank you very much. Have a great day. Absolutely. That's Jay Woodcroft from the Bakersfield Condors. And yeah, again, just uh, looking up at the the news network here and they're, they're getting people out of the lower mainland in a hurry. So four days from now, we'll see where things are at. Hopefully there's no damage to the rink and they are actually able to play those games. Royal Pizza, pizza, pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years now. For a menu and a list of their 14 Edmonton and area locations, go online to royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. I'm back to wrap up the show after this. Brendan Escott in today. Bob back tomorrow to preview the Oilers at Jets as this five-game road trip concludes. The Oilers can make it uh, three and two anyway after dropping a tough one in Buffalo, tough one in Detroit. But you come out on the winning side of any five-game road trip, you're going to be happy. And then they flip the script and they'll do it at Rogers Place Thursday night. That one, a seven o'clock puck drop. Let me get that right. Mm, No, that's... Not even written on the board, actually. That got missed. I'm pretty sure it's an 8 o'clock puck drop. It usually is. Anyway, uh, Jay Woodcroft was our headliner today on Oilers Now, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Might just be the best you've ever tasted. Search for W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. If you're a Senators fan, you're, you're living pretty far away from home. If you're a Senators fan, their next three games are postponed due to this COVID-19 outbreak that you mentioned, Cody. It's just lingering. You know, it's lingering on. Maybe it was you, maybe it was John Shannon. Either way, this is, this is a problem that's been going on for a few weeks and, and obviously not only physically taxing, but mentally taxing on the organization. Yeah, 10 players testing positive in the last 10 days. And I think the most recent is Drake Batherson. At least he was on protocol yesterday. Uh, yeah, that's a pretty big loss for them. Batherson's, uh, for being drafted kind of in the later rounds, he has really popped after a solid World Junior campaign. You know who else has that we've been talking about off-air? Troy Terry. What a year for Troy Terry of the Anaheim Ducks. He's on like a 12 or a 13-game point streak. Mm-hmm. He's scored uh, a lot. He's assisted on many more. He is the reason that Ryan Getzlav is in top two of assists. Right? Yeah. That was my point. I was, I mean, Getzlaff's over a point per game. Troy Terry looks like it's the 2017 World Juniors again. That team's got some talent. And I mean, you, you mix in a Zegris, you mix in a Drysdale. Three years from now, that's a scary group. It is. Are they going to be scarier at that part than the Edmonton Oilers? I don't know, but that could be a fun no. Pacific Division playoff series to watch. You get Zegras developed nicely. You get Troy Terry going down there. Drysdale in the back end. I don't know. Could be fun. Could be fun to watch, but it is an interesting story so far. Uh, let's go to this day in Oilers history. It, all the way back in 2000. We, we were babies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember this one really well when I was four years old. But the Oilers <laughs> trade Bill Guerin to the Boston Bruins for Anson Carter. The teams also exchanged first-round picks in the 2001 draft, and the Oilers got the Bruins' second-round pick. 
Yeah, I think that was at the time, and I don't want to talk about a turn, but I believe there was some financial particulars going on. They were transferring ownership and probably could not pay the contract of the likes of a Bill Guerin at that point. Anson Carter, though, was a stud. I remember him uh, during that era. And, of course, I remember him from the uh, one of the wingers of the Sedin line in the Vancouver era for him. He's also in media now, and he's awesome. If yeah. you ever get a chance to tune in to some of those American game broadcasts, he's phenomenal. Yes, absolutely lucky to have him in that role now. They've, uh, they've, tell you what, when I spent some time in the States, not too bad on the hockey coverage. They're getting there. It's not anything like Canada is. Probably is never going to be. I Actually, I'll guarantee you it never is going to be. However, they're doing a good job with the TV stuff this year. I, I have to tip my hat to the improvements that they've made on that front and trying to grow and expose the game. And really, when you're talking about, you know, 5-4 finals and the way that uh, the Oilers are scoring and how they're scoring that's exciting to watch for sports fans. I don't care if you were born in North Carolina or Texas or whatever. It's a fun game to watch these days, isn't it? Definitely. That's, you can't argue with that. One thing I was shocked about, I want your opinion too, the text line, pretty harsh on Miko Koskinen after yesterday's performance. And I really think that if he wasn't kicking last night, they could have been down by two or three after the first. Yeah, and this is the thing with a goaltender like Koskinen is because he does let those soft goals in, I think that's the low-hanging fruit for people to look at and say, hey. And as I alluded to earlier in this show, the team is obviously a lot better served if the first or second shot of games isn't going in you don't want to start behind the eight ball you wonder how dominant they could be if that was the case but the team does rape rebound and again maybe a luxury that you don't you just kind of have to say okay team's blessed to have this we'll live with it but he was kicking you're absolutely right and he does not get enough credit i think we're all starting to realize that should have an update on mike smith tomorrow when bob returns to host you'll also hear from sportsnet's mark specter for the horses horse racing alberta live standard bread racing returns to century mile racetrack <laughs> this saturday don't even have to wait that much longer watch and wager online at all times though hpibet.com as always thanks for your contributions to the show on the text line thanks to you cody for doing your thing keeping this on the rails it's always a pleasure chatting with you brendan escott here so long we'll chat tomorrow oilers now with bob stoffer weekdays at noon on oilers radio 6 30 chad